uh, as we get into the Word of God uh, once again. Uh, last time I spoke about the mandate in the Times, where I emphasized the need to continue the mandate of the Kingdom of God, to continue preaching the Word and sharing the Word, uh, no matter the times that we are living in, so that we do not get sidetracked by the issues that we are facing in our lives and we forget the commandment that we received from our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, concerning what we should be doing on the earth. So we will face several issues, we will face several challenges in the world, but we must make sure that we continue, we continue with the mandate that we are given as we expect the Lord's return. So today I want to talk about a subject that is related to what I was talking about last time, uh, which I have taken from the book of John chapter 16. The title of my message today is, In Me You Shall Have Peace. These are the words of Jesus. In me you shall have peace. In John chapter 16 verse 33. So I will read these things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So these are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ as he was speaking to his disciples. He said, in me you shall have peace. In me you shall have peace. Now, my question before we go any further is that who in this world do we seek our peace from? As we live in this world, as we go about our lives in this world, who do we seek our peace from? Will the world be able to give us the peace that we desperately seek as we go through our lives? Will the world be able to give us the peace we seek? That is a very important question. Now, Jesus, in this particular scripture that we have uh, read, he said, in me, you shall have peace. Not in the world, but in me. He is the one who also said that, in me, you shall find the rest for your souls. Which means a soul that does not have Christ will not have rest in this world but only a soul that has found Christ because the Bible is saying in Christ are we able to find the rest for our souls. We can seek it anywhere else, but we can have, uh, we can never find rest. We can never find true peace until we find Christ. Now, there's a scripture that I would want to read in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, where Jesus said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So he's saying, come unto me. So when the Bible is saying, come unto me, that is an invitation. And Jesus is inviting all those that labor and those that are heavy laden. What kind of issue do you have? Jesus is saying, uh, is saying come unto me, because that is a burden. You are heavy laden. 
by the issues of life. You are heavy laden by the issues of sin. You are heavy laden by all kinds of things that are, are thrown at you in this world. Jesus, Jesus is saying, come unto me, all you who are heavy laden, all you who labor, and I will give you rest. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. There is need to learn of Christ. We need to learn of Christ. For I am meek and lowly in heart. So this is who Jesus is by nature. He's saying I am meek and I am lowly in heart. So as we learn of Christ, we also become meek and we also become lowly in heart. You know, there are things that are not compatible with the nature of Christ. So these are the things that should go out of, uh, out of our life as we learn of Christ. And as you learn of Christ... I tell you that you end up actually seeing the truth of the words that Jesus said that he will give you rest for your souls. Because the things that sometimes we worry about in this life, when we are in Christ, truly in Christ, we should not worry about those things. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. So, Jesus said, and you shall uh, find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Compared to the yoke of the devil, compared to the yoke of this world, the yoke of Christ is very easy and his burden is light. Now, we need to know that it's important to keep the world knowing that if they want real peace, they will only find, uh, find that peace in the Lord Jesus Christ. Men will give you false hope. But only the Lord Jesus Christ will give you true hope in this world. There are a lot of promises that men have peddled. There are a lot of promises that men have given you. Some have said, if you do this or if you vote for me, then I'm going to bring peace. If you vote for me, then I'm going to bring uh, prosperity. But the Bible says, cursed is he who trusts or puts his trust in man. God said that for a reason. Because what do men give you? Men give you false hope, but it's only Jesus who gives you true hope because the Bible says God can never lie. God can never lie. Now, why is the world in a mess? We know that the world is in a mess. Why is there no peace in the world? Even if, you know, we have large world bodies like the United Nations, and all kinds of organizations that we set up to promote world peace. To promote tranquility. To promote prosperity. My question is, why are we still in this mess? Why is there no peace in this world? Why is evil not ending? Even if we try to end it by all human means. Why is that possible? Now... We need to look at the world and we need to look uh, or understand the world from the perspective of the word of God. What did Jesus say? What did he say in the word, uh, in the word concerning this world? What, what did he say? Did he say in this uh, world you are going to have peace or you are going to find peace? The word of God speaks in the opposite manner. It says, in this world, you have tribulation. But in me, you shall have what? Peace. 
So let us not forget that Jesus called the devil the prince of this world. And even the apostle Paul himself called the devil the god of this world, with a small g, the god of this world. Which means that therefore is running the affairs of nations. The Bible says the devil is what is roaring, uh, roaring like a lion trying to devour and destroy the lives of men. That is his business. Day in and day out. That is what he's trying to do. So we have evil forces that are in control of nations. We have evil forces that are in control of powerful people in this world. But the Bible says their end will come at the appointed time. So sometimes evil will be permitted to run its course. But the Bible tells us that the end will come and it will come at the appointed time. So let us never forget that God is in control. Whatever happens, positive or negative, God is in control. And the word of God will be fulfilled. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So Jesus said, in this world, you shall have tribulation. In other words, Jesus is saying, in this world, you shall have challenges. In this world, you shall face all kinds of problems, all kinds of issues. Because we are living in a fallen world. Jesus will restore this world, but it's not yet time for that. We are living in a fallen world. And if you are living in a fallen world, I want you to expect that you shall have tribulation. You shall have problems. You shall have challenges. But in the midst of issues and challenges and problems, Jesus is saying, where shall you find peace? He's saying you shall find peace in me. He meant that as long as you are in this current world, where the devil is in control of nations and powerful leaders, you shall have all manner of troubles. You shall have all manner of troubles. Now, in this chapter, John chapter 16, there are a couple of things that Jesus mentioned. Jesus mentioned the persecution of true believers. And he even said, some will kill you thinking that they do God service. Which means that in this world that we are living in, we are going to come to a point where even believers will be killed. And some people who even kill believers will think that they are actually doing God a service. We saw that during the early church, it happened. It happened to Jesus. They killed him. It happened to his disciples. It happened to the apostles. They killed him. But now when it comes to us, we also need to understand that at some point in time, persecution can come to, to, to believers. And persecution is actually happening to believers in the world out there. He said to his disciples, you shall be sorrowful when they kill me, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. Really, this has happened because when Jesus was killed, most of them, they were sorrowful. And most of his disciples, they actually thought that he was not going to want to rise from, his, uh, from the dead as he had promised them. But this is what Jesus said. He said, but your sorrow shall be turned in, uh, into joy. Why did he say that? Because when he rose from the dead, certainly they were full of joy. They were full of joy. And this is what he said. 
He said, and that joy no man can take from you. That joy no man can take from you. I want you to underline that. That joy no man can take from you. That is very significant. Why? Because there is a joy that is never controlled by circumstances. There is a joy that is never controlled by the state of the world. There is a joy that is never controlled by the issues that you face in life. And that joy is the joy that we have in Jesus. That joy is never controlled by circumstances. So Jesus said, no one, no man can take this joy from you. And I want you to be strengthened by that fact that no matter what you are going through, no matter what you are facing, no matter what, what you are facing in this nation, no matter what you are facing in this world, there is a joy that no man can ever take. And that is the joy that we have in Jesus. That is the joy that we have in the promises that God gave us. That is the joy that we have in the words that Jesus spoke to us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. It is important to note that Jesus didn't say, in this world you shall have peace. I want you to understand that. He never said, in this world you shall have peace. He said, in me. So, we have people who are in this world. That is issues. But these people, they are in Christ. And Christ is in them. So, even if they are in a world that has problems and issues, yet these people have peace because they are in Christ. And Christ is in them. Remember, he said, I will give you peace. He is speaking to believers. He said, I will give you peace and peace that passeth all understanding. Why does this peace pass all understanding? Because people will not understand why you have peace in a world like this. People will not understand why you have peace in a nation like this. People will not understand why you have this peace when you are being persecuted. It's because this peace is a special kind of peace that only comes from Jesus Christ. It's a peace that can only come from God the Father. And it comes to those who believe in Him. That peace is derived from the words he spoke to us and the promises that he made to us. My God, the word of God is powerful. No matter what you face, Jesus is saying, you shall have peace. For example, this is what Jesus said in John chapter 14 verse 1. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may also be. So, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled, no matter what you face, no matter the issues that you face. Let not your heart be troubled. You know, the world does not have this confession, but we do have this confession. The world cannot say this. The world cannot quote this. If you quote this scripture to them, they will think you are mad. They will not understand it. 
But we can understand it because this is a promise that the Lord Jesus Christ gave unto us. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. Why? Because I go to prepare a place for you. This ties in nicely to what Jesus promised us. And the words that he spoke unto us when he said, I am calling you out of the world. You are not of this world as I am not of this world. We have to remember that. Uh, remember that. As much as we hope for things to be good for us, for things to be good for our children, while we are in this world, we can only hope because the Bible tells us that we have hope in Christ. We have hope that Christ will sustain us through the challenges that we have. But as I said, we can only hope. When it comes to this world, we can only hope. We can, we can only exercise faith on the things that God has revealed unto us. If God said unto us, when he's speaking, for example, when he's speaking to our nation, when he says that this is what I am going to do, specifically in the next month, then we can have faith based on his word. But when God has not spoken specifically concerning a thing, we can only hope. We can only hope that God will come through for us. We can only hope that things will be better for us. But what safeguards us in difficult times, in situations that we may face in this world, it is our faith in the word of God. It is our faith in what God has said unto us. It is our faith in what God has promised unto us. So when the word of God specifically speaks about something, and especially concerning this world, we must take those words to heart. Because those are the words that will sustain us concerning all the things that we shall face. Let us not be confused. Ladies and gentlemen, let us not be conf uh, confused, saints, uh, concerning who we are, about who we are in this world, and what our priorities are in this world. Who are we as the saints of God? And what are our priorities in this world? That is what our agenda should be, and that is what we should push for. Now, let me draw your attention to John chapter 15, in verse 19. This is what Jesus said. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Very interesting. Very interesting. Jesus is saying the world hates you. It doesn't love you. The world hates you. Now my question is, do you also Think in the same way that Jesus thought that the world hates you. Do, do you identify with the words of Jesus when you say the world will hate you? Do you see the world hating you? Or you are seeing the world smiling at you? How do you see this? If the world is smiling at us, then probably we are very, very comfortable in this world. Probably. That's what I think. That we may be very comfortable. Because if we are not comfortable and we are doing our mandate as seriously as Jesus 
gave us, then we must see something. The world turning against us as Christians. Of course, this is going to happen at a, a, a very large scale very soon when the Antichrist is revealed. Right? But I want you to listen to this word of Jesus that the world will hate you. The world will hate you. Now, I want you to see that Jesus in this verse made a very particular distinction between those that are of the world, right? And those uh, uh, who have been chosen out of the world. So we have two distinct groups. Those that are of the world. We are all in the world. But as much as we are all in the world, there are those that are of the world. They are in the world and of the world. Then there are those that are in the world, but they have been chosen out of the world. Now, as a believer, I want you to know that you have been chosen out of the world, even if you are in the world. So, if you have been chosen out of the world, then you are no longer of the world. You are no longer of the world, even if you are in it. My God, my God, hallelujah. John 7 verse 7, the world cannot hurt you. But me it hurts, because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. So Jesus is saying, the world, it hurts me. Why? Because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. So the only way that Christians or believers can be hated is when they are testified that the works that are done in the world, they are evil. If we stand on this particular effect and we stand strongly on it and testify about it, then you will see how the world will begin to turn against us. They will certainly do that. If you seek to walk in the light as a believer, if you seek to walk in the light and you decide to shun all manner of evil in this world, then I will tell you this, that there are folks in this world, we will not like you for that. There are people in this world, we will not like you, certainly like you for that. They won't. There are people who will not like to walk with you because you have decided to shun all men of evil. There are friends who will not like to walk with you because you have decided to shun all men of evil. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. They will attack you when you speak, for example, against homosexuality. They will attack you for that. They will attack you when you decide to speak against corruption. When you try or speak against things like injustice and so forth, they will turn against you. Jesus was hated for that. John the Baptist was hated for that. And his head, he was beheaded because of that. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. It says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. 
In this world, we have people, we have folks like that, who call evil good, but call good evil. They put darkness for light, and light for darkness. They put bitter for sweet, but sweet for bitter. So when you speak against evil, you become the adversary. Rather than being called good, you become the one who is called evil. When you see evil things being done and you don't uh, uh, call them out for that, they will sing your praises. But this, ladies and gentlemen, this is evil. According to the word of God, this is evil. So God says, woe unto them. Woe unto such people who call evil good and good evil. Now, as long as we are in this world, it is important that whenever we address issues in this world, we should never forget who we are in Christ. Whatever we do should not be divorced from the testimony of Christ. The Bible tells us that whatever we do, let us do it in the name of Christ. We don't do things in the name of people. We don't do things for a cause that is foreign to Christ. When we are Christ's, then we must make sure that whatever we do is not divorced from the testimony of Christ. Because that is why we are here, to testify about Christ. In this world, we should make it very clear whom we serve. Lest the world thinks we are saving them. It must be very clear who we serve. We serve the Lord Christ. We serve the Lord Christ. And in everything that we do, we serve the Lord Christ. First John chapter 3 verse 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, those that believe. What manner of love? That we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not, because it knew him not. Very interesting. The Bible is saying the world knows us not. Yet we here think that the world knows us. Yet we think that the world understands us. We think the world accepts believers or accepts Christians. And certainly we have people out there who act like they know who a true believer is. Hmm? But the truth is that the world does not know. I don't know who you are going to believe. Myself, I believe Christ and I believe the words of Christ. When he says the world knows us not, that is true. That is the true fact. That is the true nature of things. The world knows us not and the world understands us not. So that is the more reason for us to make it very clear what the true gospel message is. It has to be very clear. We should not continue with this watered-down gospel. We should not continue with this compromised gospel. That's why the world even attacks us. That's why the world attacks pastors, attacks believers to say, ah, but you are like this, but you are like this. You are lovers of money. You do this and you do that. When it's the, world, uh, the, 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 the Christians that should be calling out the world, now the world is calling us out. 
things shouldn't be like that. We should make sure that the true gospel message is understood. We should make sure that they understand who we really are. Because the Bible is saying they don't know us. They don't know us. So, many call for God in this world to bless what they do, for example, but they uh, 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 do not know who this God really is. They don't. They can even ask us, uh, ask us to, to pray for them, but they don't really know who this God is because they continue in the things that they do. Many call on the name of Jesus, but they do not really know who this Jesus is. Something is just a nice person or a nice prophet. But when we tell them that Jesus is the Son of God, they don't really believe that. When we tell them that Jesus died for their sins, they don't really believe that. When we tell them that Jesus rose from the dead, they don't really believe that. When we tell them that Jesus is coming again, they don't really believe that. When we tell them that Jesus will judge this world, they don't really believe that. To them who are just nice people. To them who are just people who advocate for good things. But they don't know that we carry a message of life and death. Do they really know who this Jesus is? And do they really accept him for who he truly is? Many think that they belong to the kingdom of God. But they don't really know what this kingdom is. The kingdom of God is not a burial society. Do they really know what this kingdom of God is? Do they really understand that? What is it really about? We need to understand that. And we can only understand that when we take Jesus at his word. Everywhere that he spoke. For example, this is what Jesus said in John chapter 3. No one can see. No one can enter into the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Unless they are born again. That is very serious. A very serious statement. So you can play church, but you can never see the kingdom. You can never enter into that kingdom unless you are born again. So we need to understand these things and we need to understand these dynamics as believers. We need to make our message very clear and not play in the middle of the ground, you know, to try to pacify those who do not believe, to try to pacify those who continue to be wicked in this world. Because I tell you the truth, there are people who will never listen to the message of Christ in this world. Even if we preach it to them. Jesus said. If they don't listen. To the people who are there. Even if someone rose from the dead. And preached to them. They will still not believe. Jesus himself walked on the earth. He preached. He did. Miracles in Israel. But yet many people there did not believe him. Until they killed him. So you see how people can be wicked. They can be wicked to an extent of killing the Son of God. And they will not repent of it. So we have such people in this world who will listen to this gospel but never believe. But the Bible says, this word shall be preached as a testimony unto them. Because the time of judgment will come. 
And this word will stand as a testimony. Jesus said, I will not condemn you. But this word that I'm preaching, it is the one that will accuse you before God. Because it was preached, but you never believed. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. So we must make sure, saints, that as long as we are in this world, we do not serve the world. We do not serve the interests of the world. We do not serve the interests of other people. But we must serve the interests of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So as I conclude my message, I want you to know that in the midst of all these things that we have talked about, when Jesus said, while you are in this world, you shall have tribulation. I want you to know that we must continue to put our trust firmly in Christ. Our faith must be in Christ. Our hope must be in Christ. We can be of good cheer, as Jesus said, because Jesus overcome, uh, overcame the world. We can be of good cheer because he went. He overcame the world. And so shall we be able to overcome the world if we keep our eyes firmly fixed on him. If we keep our faith in him. That is the only way we can overcome. When Jesus appeared to John the Apostle, all the promises that he spoke to his people, he spoke to those who overcome. He says, to the one who overcomes, then I will grant. To the one who overcomes, then I will give them this reward. The one who overcomes, then he shall become my son. And I shall be his father. So we are called to overcome. At no point should we think that in this world it shall be easy going. No. We must overcome. We must overcome. There's one thing that I would want to say before I end this message. And that thing is, you'll be amazed, you know, by how much the world tries to peddle this lie that salvation is in our own hands. I want you to think about that and realize how much the world tries to peddle that lie. That salvation is in our own hands. And that we are our own liberators. Remember, this is how the world thinks. There are two groups of people, those that are of the world. And this is how they think and this is how they speak. But those that have been called out of the world, they shouldn't think like that. They have the mind of Christ. So we have to have our guard concerning taking worldly principles and making them our own principles as believers. So this is the, uh, the lie that is peddled. You know, we see a lot of such narratives from people, a lot of people in the world, from Hollywood. We see them peddling such narratives. And every chance they get, I want you to take note of this, every chance they get, they try to undermine Jesus Christ. They try to undermine the Christian faith. They try to undermine Jesus' power to save or deliver. So they think that they are, they are all liberators. They think that prayer is useless. You hear them saying, we have prayed a lot. Now we have to do something ourselves. In other words, they are saying, God has failed. We have prayed. 
but God has failed. So we must be our own saviors. It's because we have lost the message of Christ. In the last message, when Jesus, uh, 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 the, the last message that, that I preached, when I, I, I talked about the mandate in the times, you know, when Jesus came on earth the first time, the Romans were there in Israel, but he never attempted to overthrow them. He didn't. Because what he understood is that God has appointed times and God has appointed seasons. It doesn't mean that he, he was not seeing the evil that they were doing. But God will allow it for his own sovereign purposes. And then judgment will come. And then judgment will come. So remember that. Remember these things that I'm telling you. Remember these things. There are people who think prayer is useless. And we must come to a certain point in life where prayer is not needed and we become our own saviors. When we stop trusting in Christ to bring us the deliverance that we need. I want you to know about this and be wary about it. Open your eyes. Ladies and gentlemen, open your eyes, say it wherever you are, and see what the world is up to. Because the mystery of iniquity is already at work. As the Bible teaches us, it's already at work. Already at work. So, I want you to remember this as I finish this message. That only in Jesus Christ will the world be at peace. Only in Jesus Christ. And only in Jesus Christ will the world have true prosperity. It's only in Christ. Only in Jesus Christ will the world have a true leader who has their interests at heart. Only in Christ. That's why I continually tell you this, that our hope is in Christ. And if anything is to happen in this world, even now, it's because of Christ. Nothing will happen unless God allows it. So even if people try to do something of their own power and of their own accord, if it has not been sanctioned in heaven, it will not happen. Whatever happens is something that God is allowed. Whatever God is allowed. So, this is what I'm saying unto you. You must continue with your hope family in Christ, your faith family in Christ, your trust family in Christ, because he is the only one who can bring true salvation and true deliverance in our lives. He said, be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. Even if you have challenges in this world, Jesus said, whatever you shall ask, the Father in my name, he shall grant it to you. So have that peace in you. Have that peace. Have that peace in the word of Christ because Jesus will always be with you and Jesus will always look out for you in this world and in these troublous times in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we want to thank the Lord for the message that I've shared. 
I rest my case. And as I finish this message, just remember what I said, that in him, in Christ Jesus only, shall we have peace in this world. Let us go before the Lord and pray. Let us stand up and pray. My God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, my God, in Jesus' mighty name. Pray that the peace of Christ, the peace of Christ cover you in these times that we are in. I know that we may be facing problems and facing issues in our lives, different challenges, but let the peace of Christ sustain you. Never lose hope in Jesus' ability to save you. Never lose hope in Jesus' ability to deliver you. Never lose hope in Jesus' ability to cover us as believers in this world until that time that he is appointed when he shall come to take his people and come to take his church to be with him in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Pray as well that he may open the eyes of your understanding to see the true state of the world because I believe that most of us are blinded to this fact concerning the true state of this world. Pray that you may open the eyes of your understanding to see the true state of this world. And the kingdom mandate that is given us, pray that you as a person may fulfill it. You have a mandate that you received from Jesus Christ. May you pray, may you pray that you fulfill that. Don't be sidetracked. Whatever the case may be, the apostles, they faced a lot of challenges. Most of them, they were beaten up. And they ended up being killed. But at no time did they lose their focus on the message. Because Jesus specifically said, go into all the world and preach this gospel. Preach this gospel to every person, to every creature. Because what is important in this world is to be saved. No matter the upheavals that we may face in this world, the most important thing remains the fact that people should hear the gospel and they should be saved. They must hear the gospel and they must be saved. They must get into the ark. They must get into the ark. They must get into the ark. They must get into the kingdom of God. My God, this should be our greatest desire to see the people saved. To see the people saved. To see multitudes get into the kingdom and escape the snare of the devil and escape the lies of the world. My God, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for that which you have done for your people in such a time as this. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the peace that passes all understanding that is coming upon your people. And to everyone, oh Father God, who is listening to this message. In the name of Jesus Christ. And I also pray that you may kindle, oh Father God, in us. That desire to spread this gospel like wildfire. Wherever we are. And let the people know that our true hope is in Christ. Our true peace is in Christ. And in the promises that he has given us, for none of those promises shall fail. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.